it's kind of interesting because my mom and dad were married on August 29th. And that is funny because I have a good friend saying, oh, wow, what a way to start a marriage, the feast of the beheading of John the Baptist. But sometimes the Catholic Church's feasts, we have the readings and they appear in the different scriptures. And today we, we hear about this, even though the beheading of John the Baptist is August 29th. You know, um, last Saturday, <clears throat> I did a talk on how to receive graces um, during a pandemic. And one of the things I mentioned was the virtues. And there are two sets of virtues. Well, there's many virtues. But we have the cardinal virtues. Those are prudence, temperance, fortitude, and justice. I'll explain those in a minute. And there's the theological virtues, faith, hope, and the greatest of these is love. The cardinal virtues we can gain on our own through practice, dedication, hard work. We can develop those virtues on our own. They're natural. But the theological virtues are supernatural. They're given by God only as a gift. When? At your baptism. And I'm going to be talking this Saturday about the sacraments and baptism. Tomorrow, actually. And some things that we don't know that we need to know as Catholics. But anyway, let's get back to the virtues. The virtue of making correct judgments about what is right or wrong, exercising your conscience, is the virtue of prudence. Man, this is one that we can all learn from. It's one of my big of many faults, thinking, excuse me, talking before thinking. This is where Herod failed. He erred in his judgment. He wasn't prudent. He also lacked the virtue of fortitude. What is fortitude? Courage. He was afraid of the opinion of others instead of doing what was right. Now, he also failed in all four of these virtues. So fortitude, because he didn't have the courage to stop what the opinion of others was. Temperance, because he was throwing this lavish uh, feast for himself. So it wasn't temperance of any kind. Justice, he didn't exercise justice because it was unjust to execute John the Baptist. And he certainly wasn't prudent. He didn't think things through. Now, this is a good example, because like many Hollywood stars or high-profile athletes, Herod had everything. He had all the money he needed. He had all the belongings, people at his feet, but he didn't have a clear conscience. He didn't have peace with God. The power of the conscience is so powerful. It's God's built-in judge of ourselves. And we need to listen to our conscience. In fact, it can impose a greater sentence than any judge. Even though if there's something nobody else knows that we did, we know we did it. And we should use that to say, Lord, help me not to. Change, help change me. So God can use it for his good. Now in our world today, those who have rejected God, though that they have a lot, I see these high-profile comedians mocking God when they receive Grammy Awards. It's sad. And 
ultimately, I think they're some of the most insecure people of all. Um, when you have the truth, you have peace. Um, this is the case with Herod and Herodias. Do you know that after this event, few people know this. Do you know Herod and Herodias both committed suicide? Herod and Herodias lived with their conscience and they knew what they did was wrong. You can say all you want to try to bury the truth. Herodias went so far to bury the truth because John the Baptist, guess what? Called her out, you can't redefine marriage. Boy, doesn't that sound interesting in what we are facing today? A marriage is a sacred bond between a man and a woman and Herodias, you're rewriting that. She didn't like it. What did she try to do? Bury it, literally. Killing Herod and or, uh, John and burying him. You can't do it. No matter what you want to tell us the law says, God's truth cannot be buried. And that gives me hope. And it should all of us. Because God has got this. He's the one in control. No matter how many executive orders in the last two weeks have been made to undo protecting life or whatever it is, it doesn't matter in one sense. It does in another. We have to pray, yes. We have to, we have to do everything. Today's a day of fasting. Um, on a Friday, no meat. A day of fasting uh, for those who can. Um, we, we do have to be involved. We do have to do our part but never forget God's in charge. All right, we see here in the gospel how weak they both were. Now, it could be a little metaphor for our own lives. We're all been like this. In one sense, Herod loved to listen to John, but in another sense, he feared him. Interesting. He and uh, Herodias, both of them, wanted to do away with anyone who would accuse them so they could sin in peace. Sound familiar? Let's change all the laws so you can't tell us that our sin is wrong. Let's change the culture, indoctrinate our children so that nobody will ever tell us what we're doing is wrong. John the Baptist told them what you're doing is wrong. John the Baptist didn't worry about being called political. John the Baptist didn't worry about being judgmental. John the Baptist wanted to see souls go to heaven. John the Baptist wanted to speak the truth. We need more modern day John the Baptist, in my opinion. Of course, done with love, but we can't hide the truth. It's the same with those trying to silence the Catholic Church today. There are so many groups that are anti-Catholic, accusing us of hatred and bigotry. I think, again, they're missing the sense of love the sinner, but hate the sin. Now, because of his conscience, Herod could not rid himself of this sin of adultery. Even though he tried to kill John the Baptist, he couldn't kill his conscience. Now, he could not simply rid himself of the man who confronted him with his sin and make him go away, even if he physically killed him. 
So for those in this world today that want to kill the Catholic Church, it's not going away. How do we know that? Jesus promised. He promised his church is going nowhere. Well, I didn't say that right. His church is taking us everywhere, meaning his church is not going to be squashed by Satan. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. So John, on the other hand, could die with a clear conscience. John the Baptist spoke the truth. He wasn't worried about being political. He spoke the truth. And the truth ultimately set him free. He died a martyr. Now, unlike Herod, he also had the courage and fortitude to die for that truth. That's very hard, but very much in line with the power of God's grace. So it is the same for us in the Catholic Church with our moral teaching. Are we willing at all costs to defend the truth? How are we going to stand up for what is true? Are we willing to give our life for what is true? I would like to think I am. I would like to think no matter what, we all would be willing to die for the truth in our church, but most of all, our God. So how will we react when the truth is attacked? Hopefully, like John the Baptist, at least in stating the truth, maybe not necessarily having to be martyred. But another example of somebody who stood for the truth is our saint today, Agatha. Saint Agatha is one that we mentioned every day in the Roman Canon. What do I mean by Roman canon? That's Eucharistic prayer one. That used to be the main, the original Eucharistic prayer of the church. It's the longest one, so we don't hear it often, except on great feasts or solemnities. Some priests do say it every Sunday. But Eucharistic prayer one is the longer and most beautiful, just a beautiful prayer. And we hear her name. She's one of seven women mentioned along with Mary in that canon. Now, listen to this. This is interesting. Do you know that St. Agatha is the patron saint of martyrs, breast cancer patients, bell makers, bakers, fire, and earthquake victims? And there's a reason for every one. It's actually quite fascinating. One of the, she's one of the most highly venerated virgins in all of our Catholic tradition. And real quick, her story was she rejected one of the Roman officials who tried to make advances on her when she was a young lady, and she refused. <clears throat> then they tried to get her to reject her faith. God bless St. Agatha. What did she do? No, she wouldn't reject the truth. She didn't reject her faith, and like John the Baptist, she ultimately was willing to die for it. But before that, <clears throat> she went through a lot of suffering. Um, she was tortured, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be um, too graphic here, but it's very important, I think, to understand what a saint does. She actually had, as a part of the torture, her breasts were cut off um, in part of her torture for not denying her faith. She is therefore the patron of breast cancer patients who have had to go through mastectomies. God bless these poor ladies if you know someone who's gone through it, pray for them to St. Agatha. Now she is often 
depicted carrying um, her breasts on a plate. And it is often thought that these were bread. Like, Father, you're, you're crazy here. No, this is the beauty of our Catholic tradition. So it is thought that the blessing of the bread that takes place on her feast day, today, is a traditional day in Europe of blessing of bread, may have come from the mistaken notion that she was carrying loaves of bread on the plate. Therefore, she's the patron saint of bakers. Interesting. But it was actually her breasts. And so the breasts were overturned and the shape of them. She also became the patron saint of bell makers because of the shape of a bell. Again, you're probably like, Father Chris, this is crazy. No, this is how our church in the beauty has nothing like it in the world. That, that we have this kind of tradition of people before us. That we're willing to die for the truth so that we could have it. John the Baptist and St. Agatha didn't deny their faith. They didn't accept to redefine things that were a lie. They died for the truth so that you and I could have it. Now, don't you think the least that we could do is defend it? Don't you think that that is why when you hear some members of the church saying that the dignity of human life, the sanctity of marriage and the preservation of religious liberty are truths that we need to defend, yet we're called political, we're called judgmental, it's called the truth. And so personally, I believe we owe that to those who gave everything before us. They died for the truth, yet we can't even talk about it because we're being political. Shut up, Father Chris. I think we need to look at the bigger picture. If John the Baptist and St. Agatha can die for it, the least I could do is tell you about it. God bless, that's my only intent. So I think what's powerful here is although she's the patron of bell makers, Agatha <clears throat> is also, as we look at it, um, uh, a better reason, if you will, was a year after her death, there was a calming of the eruption of Mount Etna. And that was attributed to her. Now, what's interesting is people continued to ask for her prayers for the protection against fire because the earthquake at first started many fires. So she's also the patron saint of fire victims. I've never seen a saint that covers so much based on her little short life. So she is considered the patroness of bell makers because also not just the mistaken shape of the bell on the plate, but also because the bells were used as fire alarms. So she's the patron of bell makers, fire alarm or fire uh, victims, but as well because earthquake victims, because the fire alarms were used to warn about the earthquake and the fires that resulted. So she was ultimately 
an incredible, like John the Baptist, witness. So finally, she was sentenced to burn at the stake, but an earthquake, another one, saved her. So again, that's why she's the patron of earthquake victims. Instead, she was sent to prison, and to finish on her, she was um, received a vision of St. Peter, and he healed her wounds, and she still died in prison of the um, injuries, but he did heal her for a time. Now, later, they still persecuted her, and she did die a martyr. <clears throat> so she's also the patron saint of martyrs. Wow. You want one person that covers it all, who died for the truth. No look no further than these two today. So anyway, I think it's an incredible day. Because we talked about John the Baptist, we talked about St. Agatha, and tonight we invite you to join us at 8 p.m., on our live stream right here on the channel you're watching, if you're on our YouTube channel, Divine Mercy, our Facebook page, Divine Mercy Official, or even go to our website, thedivinemercy.org, you can join us to, for something very special tonight. Tonight and every first Friday and Saturday of this year, we are going to be live streaming a prayer service. So if you're not sure how to receive the graces of first Friday or first Saturday, please join us. Now, for all the times that we didn't love or stand for the truth, we need to make reparation. And not just the truth, love. Anytime we didn't love our neighbor, love our brothers and sisters, we need to make reparation to the Lord. Anytime that we have sinned, we have to recognize that our Lord's heart is wounded. We want to make reparation. Well, gee, Father, this is really a downer. Dying saints, people getting murdered, and now we're talking about scarring the wound and heart of Jesus? Yeah, but guess what? There's a happy ending. All of this leads to God's divine mercy. The reason we're doing this <clears throat> is because Jesus told St. Faustina that I'm clamoring to pour divine mercy upon the world. I am absolutely clamoring to pour divine mercy onto the world. And how does he do it? Through the blood and the water. Okay, the blood and the water he wants to pour out upon the world. St. Faustina said in 1935 at the divine first divine mercy feast that was celebrated, not officially in the church, but she saw the rays of blood and water cover the world. Now things happened that we didn't listen. The war broke out. There's all kinds of sin that we know this. Our Lord's heart's been wounded, but that heart wants to pour mercy on the world. This is the answer. How do we get this mercy to be opened up in the floodgates of, of our Lord to pour that mercy out? Easy. What do you mean easy, Father? Because the blood and the water come from where? The sacred heart of Jesus. They originate from the sacred heart. In the sacred heart of Jesus, pour forth the blood and the water. Now, why is Jesus saying, I'm clamoring to give it, but we're not receiving it? Where's the mercy? My gosh, we're in one of the hardest times of human history, other than maybe World War II and a couple times of war. Where are, where are the mercies? Jesus is dying to give it to us, literally. Yet we're not receiving it as much as we could. Why? Because his heart is wounded. We need to repair and make reparation to that heart so that heart can open up like a floodgate and pour out mercy onto the world. 
So tonight, join us at 8 o'clock Eastern time. That's 5 o'clock in California. I know it's five hours ahead in the UK, but it's recorded. You can join us afterwards when you wake up in the morning. But join us because if we make reparation to that sacred heart of Jesus, it can pour out the blood and the water and the divine mercy upon the world. This is incredible. And this is what I believe we are called to do. For all the times we didn't love like we should or stand for our faith as we should, now we can say to our Lord, we're sorry. We want to make reparation to your wounded heart. And then our Lord's wounded heart is repaired. That's what's consoling the heart of Jesus is all about. Just being with him, being there, and you're together with us tonight can be with him. We can join together. We're going to expose the blessed sacrament. Mary Verdi will be here for singing. Jason will be doing a talk, and we will open it up to God's floodgates of mercy. I don't take any credit for organizing this. I haven't been involved in it. Brother Jason's done it all. And so I can't really tell you much more how it's going to happen. All I know is we're going to trust on God's grace. It's going to be beautiful. Join us and again at 8 p.m. And then again tomorrow for first Saturdays at 3 p.m. And we'll talk about more than that, about that later. So it's it, because of the wounds and we make this reparation, we will then be doing what our Lord asked us to do, to come close to him, to console him. All we think about is ourselves being consoled, and that's good. That's important. God wants to console us, but we can't forget that we, too, have to console the heart of Jesus. Just ask Father Mike Gately, consoling the heart of Jesus. This is a powerful, very powerful thing that we can all do together. Often I'm asked, Father, all these new Marian helpers that have been coming all of these new people from around the world that are discovering divine mercy in the Marian fathers. What next? Tonight. <laughs> That's what's next. So God bless all of you. Again, we hope to see you this evening at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Wherever you are, you can even watch it later after the uh, broadcast. It'll remain up there. But we're glad and happy that you're with us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.